Hey guys, it's Keon, and today I'm going to cover some more hot takes on this video for today. Man, the last hot takes video was wild, wasn't it? And a lot of people were not happy about it. I understand. I get it. It's a controversial topic and maybe a topic some people don't even want to talk about when it comes to MMA. But hey, I'm happy. Not only did I get to say it, but that people were responding, whether that was in agreement or disagreement. I just like talking about these things in MMA that we don't really usually talk about or are not really takes that people like. So it's good. It's good that you guys responded in whatever way you did. And that's why I look forward to making more videos like this. I know there have been people not only responding to this but just hating on all of my social media platforms i've been seeing it all but you know what i like the passion i like the passion of everyone just getting around and talking about mma and either being upset or happy or in the middle all of the above let's get into this hot take video with the first question or first hot take my unpopular opinion is why is everyone still on John Jones's nuts? He's a piece of shit person, and yeah, he is good, but his PDs should set him back. I gotta agree with this. I feel like in my last video, a lot of people thought I was giving John a pass for all the things he did outside of his fighting, all the controversial things, but that's like the opposite of what I was saying because i don't agree with anything he's been doing especially his last run-in with the law when it came to his family i thought that was horrible and for me it just it's just a string of controversial moments from this guy outside of fighting that really has turned me off in regards to following him and supporting him which is why it's crazy to me that people still support the guy today are looking forward to his comeback hoping that he becomes the heavyweight champion but man i feel like at one point i was excited for this but with everything that's been happening it's just it's hard to support the guy i remember someone uh in a press conference said once uh john i like i love i love you but it's so hard to support you and that describes me perfectly i love the guy i think I, I love him as a fighter i love how good he is how technical he is how smart he is and one of the greatest of all time of course but it's hard to look at that and think about what he does outside of the cage and i know maybe some people would disagree and be like oh we could separate fighting and the person but the reason why i don't like this is because the only reason John is getting a pass for all the controversial things he does outside of the cage is because of the leverage he has of being one of the greatest of all time. If he wasn't at this level, the UFC would get rid of him. I mean, look at Luis Pena, for example. Back in October of 2021, he got arrested for battery, um, assault, something like that and because of it the ufc just released him they didn't give him any other chance they said you're done and 
it's crazy to see that happen when we have John Jones here doing not only that, but so much more. And the only reason is because John has the leverage and Luis Pena simply doesn't. Luis Pena is not a draw. He's not one of the greatest of all time. So it's easy for the UFC to let him go. But with John Jones, it's the greatest of all time to some people. And for the UFC to just let him go because of something controversial outside of the cage is not a good idea for them because that he John is a key figure in the UFC and in MMA history. So to let him go and let him be a free agent and figure out and sign somewhere else, for example, that's not what the UFC wants. He'd be one of the biggest free agents for sure. So because of John Jones's accolades as a fighter, he's able to get away with things and he's not even the greatest or the biggest pay-per-view draw, but because of his legacy, the UFC are okay with keeping him and sweeping under the rug all his controversies and just moving on, which is not fair because this treatment should be even for everyone. If Luis Pena is being kicked out of the UFC for his controversies, so should John Jones, because whether it's Luis Pena or someone else in another job, what's going to happen is that person's going to lose their job. But because of John Jones's leverage, the UFC says it's okay, which I don't agree with whatsoever. So I agree with this hot take. And I also agree with he is good, but the PEDs should send him back. I agree with that too. For me, whenever a fighter gets caught with PEDs and they're in the GOAT conversation, I can't consider them the GOAT anymore, which sucks for fighters like John Jones, Anderson Silva, but it's it's hard. It's hard to support the case of them being the greatest of all time when there's fighters who have also done the same, but have also not taken PEDs. So that's why I have George St. Pierre as the greatest of all time. But John Jones shouldn't be supported in fighting, in my opinion, should not have a job anymore. But like I said, leverage and in regards to the GOAT talk, I can't put him as the GOAT because of the PEDs. Next hot take, Prime Fyodor would take Prime Francis. That is all. I agree with this. Prime Fyodor Emelianenko, one of the greatest fighters of all time. Absolute beast in Pride FC. He ran Pride FC. This guy was at the top for his entire time there. I love Pride. But as a lot of people say, he was fighting a lot of Kens in Japan. He wasn't fight, fighting the very best all the time. So some people say his record was padded quite a bit. And because of that, if he was to fight today in today's UFC, he wouldn't do good. But I have to disagree with that. I think if he, if he was to fight in today's UFC and specifically fight Francis Ngannou, I say like he beats Francis most of the time. I wouldn't say nine times out of 10, but I think more than five. I, I, it wouldn't be a 50-50 thing. I think the only time Francis could beat Fyodor is if he catches him. But even prime Fyodor, man, this guy's chin was so strong. He 
is one of the toughest fighters of all time back in his prime. So I feel like he could take one of Francis's shots and still remain standing. I mean, this is the guy who got slammed on his head by Kevin Randleman, took some brutal hits from a prime Miracle Crow Cop. So I just think he is so tough and then also so good in regards to skill wise, great on the feet, great on the ground. I just think he would have been a trouble not only for Francis, but for most heavyweights of today if he was fighting in the UFC during his prime. So I think Fyodor would have uh, taken a prime Francis Ngannou and more of the heavyweights of today, in my opinion. So I agree with this take. My hot take is that Hamzat striking is actually pretty bad and all it will take to expose him is one effective striker that matches his height and reach. Yeah, I agree with this as well because Hamzat, after that Gilbert Burns fight, I feel like his stand-up really got exposed there. He was connecting with some nice shots, but he was eating a ton of them as well. And yes, he showed his toughness in that matchup, in that fight, but in the end, his defense on the feet is not the greatest. And this was against Gilbert Burns, who doesn't have that size and reach advantage. He had the size and reach disadvantage, if anything. So for him to keep it competitive on the feet with Hamzat for that entire fight really showed a lot of holes in Hamzat's stand-up. I feel like a lot of people were high on Hamzat's stand-up because of that quick knockout against Gerald Mearshart, but man, I don't think that was a good representation of what he can do on the feet. That was just a nice moment for him, but if he was dragged into deep waters while fighting on the feet, that's when he's going to face troubles. But see, that's the thing. With someone like Hamzat, I don't think he cares about becoming the best on the feet or even improving much. Maybe he'll improve a little bit more, but I don't think he cares about becoming the best striker at 170 or 185 because his wrestling is his bread and butter. And once he brings his opponent down and mauls them, it's game over, basically. His wrestling is some of the best in the UFC and in MMA, period. This guy is just way too good. And whenever you a fighter goes up against a strong wrestler like this, especially a strong striker, their game plan is basically out of the water because all they're thinking about is trying to defend that takedown. And once they're thinking about that all the time, they can't really impose their game plan. So with Hamzat's skills on the ground, he's able to dictate where the fight goes and he's able to make the fight his, which is why I wish he took Gilbert down more in their fight. But then again, he was scared about Gilbert's Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So there are, there's definitely a person who can defeat Hamzat, if, especially if they're good on the feet, good, they have the size and reach advantage, and they also have good takedown defense. And I think a fighter like that is Shavkat Rahmanov. I think that would be Hamzat's toughest toughest fight. And that's a fight that a lot of people are looking forward to one day. Hopefully it happens. But I definitely think Shavkat would give him troubles. Because not only does he have 
similar size to Hamza, but I think he could defend Hamza's takedowns personally. Next hot take. The lightweight division is the most overrated division in the UFC. The bantamweight, featherweight, and welterweight divisions are more competitive. I agree with this. Slightly. I'm not saying that the lightweight division is bad, but it has gotten slightly overrated because of all the stagnancy in the top five. And I'm talking about Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, Justin Gaethje. At least Justin Gaethje is fighting Rafael Fiziev now. But man, be even before that matchup, I was like, when are we going to get these up and comers in the top now? Because I think they deserve to be in the top, like Armin Sarukian. Matos Gamrot, uh, who else is there? Um, I just said his name, Rafael Fiziev. Like these guys should be in the top five now, but because the guys in the top five don't want to fight them, stagnancy. And I hate the reasoning for it. It's like Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, even Justin Gaethje before he took this fight with Rafael Fiziev, they all wanted big money fights, big fights that will garner a lot of attention. And it's just like, that's fine if you want to go that route with your career, but don't hold up the rankings because of it. So I just was not happy with the stagnancy that they caused. And look, this happens in welterweight as well with Kobe Covington. The guy is not fighting any of these up and comers. And it's just like, man, you're holding up the division because of it, because you've been at the top or near the top for so long. So can we get things going and let's just figure out if you can still fight for the belt or not because man there's people i want to see fight for the belt that's the thing so it's i do agree with this take lightweight is a little bit overrated especially when we compare it to like i said welterweight welterweight's not as bad because it's just colby holding up the rankings featherweight no one's really holding up anything except probably the champion right now alexander volkanovsky but even then things are moving with the interim championship other matchups being announced so that's still a very competitive division exciting division for me i feel like bantamweight's my favorite division right now and i just love not only the competitiveness of it but also how these top ranked guys are fighting the up-and-comers and trying to get things moving like how Corey Sanhagen fought Song Yadong for example like that's what I want to see these are this is how it should go in my opinion so I agree with this take slightly I think the lightweight division is the most overrated for now but hopefully things will change hot take John Anik is absolutely pointless all he's there for is to hawk the sponsorship's marketing. He brings zero value in terms of actual fight commentary. To be honest, Mike Goldberg was better at the position, hands down. I disagree. I think John Anik is an integral part of the commentary team. Yes, he may not do the play-by-play -play or call what's happening in the fights, but he asks questions at times and also... He does a good job at bringing everything together and also letting people know the stats of what's happening in the fight, which are all important things, especially rounding up everyone together when things are starting to get messy because you have D 
DC talking about one thing, Joe Rogan talking about one thing, silence at one point. John Anik and the other guy who does the commentary with uh, Bisping and Paul Felder, those guys do a good job at keeping everything afloat, keeping everything together. And sometimes to break the silence, yes, they do ad reads, they hawk up these sponsorships, but I don't find that to be an issue in my opinion. The issue I find is that these sponsorships aren't helping the fighters, but if John Anik has to do it because of his job, that's fine. And that's why I think he is a crucial part of this commentary team. Some of his reactions have been iconic, have been amazing. The way he's called uh, finishes, for example. Awesome. So I don't have any issue with John Anik. It's funny, though, that you bring up Mike Goldberg, because personally, I wasn't really a fan of Mike Goldberg. I wouldn't say he was bad, but I feel like his style of commentary and just his voice in general was getting outdated for this new era of the UFC. And because of it, I could see why the UFC got rid of him. Maybe there was other reasons, too. I'm not too sure why, but I think just based on who, what he brought to the table. It was good back in the day when the UFC was still on the come up, but in this new age, I just don't think he fits properly. And I'm not gonna lie, I feel like Joe Rogan didn't really like him too much. There was times where it's, it felt like he was getting annoyed with Mike Goldberg, but I don't really know what their relationship is like, but that's how I felt at times. I felt like Joe was like, what are you, what are you talking about? But yeah, those are the hot takes of this video. Do you agree? Disagree? Have something else to add? Put it in the comments down below. That's all I have for now. So I'll see you in my next one. Bye-bye.